Welcome to episode 65 of the Green Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being and sustainability in real estate and hospitality today. This week, we're in the Netherlands, talking to Marielle Romain, co-founder of 100 Restrooms, an innovative brand disrupting the public toilet market by focusing on environmental consciousness and wellness benefits. Their custom design modules can be found across shopping malls, railway stations and roadside service stations in Spain, Belgium and Sweden, as well as their home country. We discuss the birth of the brand, their business model, how modular design allows them to customize each experience according to each site, the integration of Internet of Things, IoT technology into that experience, how they align with UN Sustainable Development Goals, the use of multi-sensory design features to upgrade the toilet break experience and their relentless pursuit of ever higher hygiene standards. For me, Marielle's company is an example of how concepts from green building and healthy building design are now filtering down through the value chain. Do have a look at the visuals of the restrooms online. They really are a breath of fresh air. So let's do this. Here is Marielle Romain of 100 Restrooms. Great. Well, Marielle, thank you for joining us on the show. It's lovely to have you here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Really nice to, uh, to share our story. This is a little bit different. Uh, you know, we're often talking about buildings or we're talking about hotels. You've taken a slice, a particular piece of a building or a uh, a shopping mall or a, or a service station. And and for me, I completely reinvented it. I was saying before we started recording, I went down to, to experience a restroom, a 100 restroom yesterday evening myself and yeah, just blown away by the level of detail and thought that's gone into it. So I want to I wanna allow you some space to share that story. So why don't we start with how the business was born and where it came from? Like when you were looking for inspiration for this, what what were the sources of or the trends or the movements in the market that led you and, and your co-founders to to say, you know what, I think there's a market for this, there's there's a an opportunity here. What was the business case when you started? So I have to be honest, we uh, we have a history in, in public restrooms. Uh, we used to work for a company called Toodaloo. Uh, and this company was actually one of the first brands in, in public restrooms. Um, and, and what they discovered is that um, if, you look, if you look at it, it's a bit strange that all the core needs that we have, like sleeping, eating, uh, going to a toilet, uh, most of them are, uh, we have a lot of choice in, like, like we can choose hotels, we can choose restaurants, but we don't have a good choice in public restrooms. Uh, most of the times it's scary, it's unsafe, it's not clean, uh, and it's far from uh, relaxing. So they already, uh, this company to Blue, they already discovered that niche in the market and they said, okay, this is an opportunity to change. Uh, and then they come, they came with a concept which was comfortable and clean and it was more into fun. Uh, and when we used, we worked there with a, with a couple of our co-founders and we found there was more to this. Uh, we slightly discovered that, of course, there were trends uh, where we saw that people were more involved into their own well-being. Uh, we saw some technology trends where we saw that uh, restrooms and bathrooms in general becoming more smart and can do also um, health, health analysis. Um, so there were a couple of things that we thought were interesting to see how we could, 
how we could integrate them in a restroom concept. Um, and then we decided to start it over, to start it ourselves with a new concept uh, based on the same need. Uh, and the need is simply to have good, good public restrooms, um, but, but with a different vision, a different vision about how to fulfill this need. And we really wanted to create a new standard. That's that's how we call it, the new standard in public restrooms. And, and this standard, we believe, is something that, that moves the toilet visit from a moment of stress and anxiety sometimes even to a, a moment of well-being. And of course, there's a lot in between because you can also offer just simply good and clean toilets. But we thought, let's move it ahead to the future and, and make it a moment of well-being and make it uh, like a five-minute boost, we call it. I think we so, need to, um, yeah. there's so much there. Like, you know, when I when I went down to visit, you know, I see I saw biophilic design, I saw elements of like wellness interiors where you're creating a multi-sensory experience. I saw parallels with what's happening in the healthy building movement. So could you perhaps like paint that picture? Like for someone going in and experiencing it for the first time, what are they seeing? What are they hearing on the sound system what yeah. are the services that you're offering because i know there's this like a core product and then perhaps some extras that are available as add-ons like a modular design approach right yeah yeah absolutely so so when you see uh the restrooms it looks it looks like a retail store i could say it even has a storefront and from the outside sometimes you don't even see the toilets yet we we have a, a zone that we call the reload zone uh, and that is where you enter and the reload zone is a zone where we offer additional services, like, for instance, a hydration station, a nursery, disabled room, but also a health check, pre-health check. And that's a, that's before you enter. And then you enter. Uh, we have a turnstile where you pay uh, for the toilet entrance. Uh, and then you come into, as we call it, a transition zone, which is a black area um, where you really make the transition from the outside, which is most of the times busy because we're in public areas. Uh, you go through a black zone and then you enter like a white Zen kind of uh, area, which is the restroom area. Uh, and there we work with light, indirect lighting. Uh, we work with sounds. We use Hertz sounds, which are working on a certain frequency that calms you, calms you down. Uh, we have a certain uh, scent that we, uh, based on nature, uh, nature kind of scents, uh, mixed together to a specific 100 scent. So it all, uh, I think, I think the combination of sensory experiences uh, makes you feel calm uh, quite soon. Uh, then, then we have uh, our toilet cubicles. They are uh, fully private, so we don't have like open, uh, how do you call it, open doors. Uh, so you have your private moment, uh, uh, you have the sounds. Um, it's, of course, clean. Uh, it feels safe. Um, so all, all the elements work towards a moment of well-being. Um, and, um, yeah, everything inside is, I mean, the materialization. We, we use HPL as, as our core material. Uh, HPL is, is a very clean material. Um, it's easy to clean, but also when something happens, when people try to put gravity on it or or whatever, it's we can take it away, and I think that's also maybe I'm jumping from from subjects now, but that's also a very important thing is that not only cleanliness but also uh, repair and maintenance and and keeping it as new is a very important factor uh, in 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 the sense sensing uh, yeah a good experience or well, getting that, that safe then. feeling. 
In terms of how the business model is structured, I know you provide obviously the design piece and the construction, as in you're delivering the product and installing the yeah. product for whoever yeah. your client might be. But then you also, it doesn't end there because you also have a role in terms of the operations and ongoing maintenance. Is that is that something that is part of one big package? Is it something that the owner or the client can decide to do themselves or it's you maintain control of the experience on an ongoing basis from the right from the initial design through to whenever the contract ends. Yeah, this is really our concept because we it's our brand and we want to uh, to keep the standards really high. So it's a full package. Uh, we build, like you said, we design, we build, uh, but we also operate and maintain the whole concept during ten years, uh, meaning we have our own team, our own mechanics. We have field coaches who do uh, audits every week to check if everything is still okay. We have our own staff. We call it a comfort crew. They clean, but they also welcome the guests and explain uh, certain services. So the, the full concept, including IoT to, to monitor from a distance, is, is um, what makes it a success, I think. It's, it's not, I mean, sometimes it's not the, the hardest part to make a good design. But it's more challenging, especially in a restroom area where you can have fan, sometimes have vandalism or other kinds of stuff. To keep it uh, as new uh, is the most challenging part. And that's where we put a lot of effort in as well. So you're effectively owning and operating. <clears throat> they are your bathrooms. even So in the, in the context of, say, Spain, where I am, I know you have uh, a gentleman who's representing you here in the Spanish market. So he his role then would be to look for opportunities. And where are you typically finding the best opportunities? I know in some countries, in some territories, you've gone more for the motorway service station, uh, upgraded restroom. Perhaps yeah. here it's more train stations. Is that just where the opportunities are? Or do you see certain markets are more favorable if it's shopping malls in Sweden or service stations in Netherlands? How, how's that no, work? No, that, that, that's a good question. But in general, uh, we are focused on high traffic areas. Um, and um, these could be shopping malls, uh, train stations, uh, like highway service stations, and sometimes food markets. Uh, and of course, it depends a little bit on the, on the market. Um, if they have like big shopping malls with lots of visitors, or if it's small shopping malls, then it's not interesting enough for us from a business case perspective. So depending on the market and, and also depending on uh the market opportunities because a, a lot of times we are part of uh, tenders so sometimes we uh, we just of course there's always uh, an opportunity uh, for a restroom is is not every year and eh? uh, most of the uh, most of the real estate companies rebuild the restrooms maybe once every 10 years or something so it's also a matter of time but we are always focusing on on, on train stations railway um highway and and shopping malls in every country in Europe. They're very much kind of transitory spaces, right? Where people are passing through, moving from one space to another, and where perhaps, yeah, the, the, the typical experience on offer is really, uh, yeah, just something most of us try to avoid. I think that that was really what I what I picked up from just doing the research online. And you mentioned the IoT, um, Internet of Things. So how do you, how do you use that? degree of technology to then maintain visibility on the operations on all of your, I don't know how many sites you have now, but as you as you build 10, 20 multiples into the hundreds eventually, I guess, how is the technology helping you to maintain service standards? Yeah, so we currently have around 40 sites in four countries. 
Uh, and what we have invested in from the start is to really build on a dashboard that we uh, use to monitor all the sites. And, and we do it by connecting all the, the hardware. So uh, starting with, with, of course, the turnstile where people enter to monitor the number of visitors, etc. But also the dispensers are connected. So we can see whenever a dispenser is empty, uh, we, we have the, the water flows connected with water flow systems. So we can see when something is flowing or when there's, uh, there's something stops flowing, then there's also a problem. Um, we connect our rating tool, we connect our interactive mirrors. So all the, all the information together, we also have connected a connected uh, repair and maintenance system. The field codes visits are re reported. So all the data combined gives us a very clear uh, vision on, on the state of our toilets. And of course, by, by combining it, by saying like, okay, uh, we can see that on a Saturday morning, we have a lot of visitors and we can see that the rating was, was going down a little bit. So maybe we should put more effort in the cleaning uh, at that hour. So it gives us a lot of data to work with. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's exactly what you need, right? That's, that's how you can uh, maintain the service standards that you're looking for. And is that then how you come up with the sort of future-proof bathroom concept on one side, integrating tech in a way that really we're just not seeing, at least here in, in Western Europe. I don't know what's happening. And I imagine in countries like Japan, they're, they're probably quite advanced. But then tech on one side and then the envir environmental piece and sustainability on the other. So in terms of how that integrates into the brand itself, how are you, how are you playing to um, yeah, future-proof the business by working also on environmental friendliness? Yeah, we are we are uh, focusing really really on the on this point now uh, because there's uh, from the beginning we we choose our partners uh, based on their sustainability goals. So we work with with SAT, with Roca, with Diversity, which are all big brands in our in our sector that that work from sustainable goals and sustainable materials. But what we are doing now currently is we have we have created we have measured our footprint ourselves for the whole concept like a life cycle analysis to see, okay, what kind of material input do we have? Uh, how much is the usage? Uh, what kind of materials can we maybe change to, to make our footprint less? So that is something that we are currently really focusing on. Uh, and apart from that, I think uh, the well-being part is, is, one of the, is one of the factors that we can create a lot of impact with. And of course, it's not sustainability in the, in the, in the terms of climate, but it's, it is in a bigger perspective uh, it can create a lot of impact and, and that is something that we think we can make a difference because we are in the public area and like you said when people are on the move or on the go stress levels stress levels are even higher dehydration is 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 a, is a topic and we try to really be there uh, like a small oasis for people to um, to have this yeah this moment of well-being uh, as the the name of the podcast suggests i think the green combined with the healthy is like the path for businesses when they're looking to the future. I think that it's, it's that combination of the two and they're really the same two sides of one coin. And so yeah. on the, the health and well-being piece, you mentioned a couple of things. Hygiene clearly is a, is a big factor. I'd like to understand a bit more beyond just particular materials, but also how you deliver that using any kind of uh, the UV cleaning systems or is it just sort of traditional eco cleaning products? And then also that idea of, of using light and sound and scent, because these are things that we might imagine in perhaps in a, a sort of a co-working office 
but it's not mm -hmm. that that often that we find it in in restrooms, right? So you you've really played yeah. that that health and well being angle. I think it would be great to hear a bit more about that. Okay, so so to start with the hygiene and the cleaning, uh, of course that is that is the basics. Eh? That is the foundation of of our success. Uh, we have cleaning procedures that we follow all the time, uh, and the cleaning procedures, the ultimate cleaning is to clean after every use because then people feel like yeah welcome and 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 like the restroom is cleaned for them this is not always feasible but what we try to do is to clean all the time uh, and apart from from cleaning all the time we also have specific deep cleaning schedules uh, that we do every morning or every week or every day so everything is is worked out in processes and we work with eco uh, materials, like you said, but apart from that, we are also always in every area, we are trying out new things. Um, and one of the things that we are currently testing, like you already mentioned, is, is a nano photolistic coating uh, that, that you can spray on, on surfaces um, that are most vulnerable for, for hygienic topics, like, uh, for instance, the toilet seat. Uh, and and um, it helps, um, yeah, it helps to prevent uh, viruses and bacteria from sticking to the surface. Uh, and, th and that, of course, uh, makes cleaning a bit easier. So that's that's technologies that we try out. We are also uh, piloting uh, a system now which is called ozone cleaning. It's actually water with some ozone. I don't even know exactly what the technology uh, entails, but we are we are testing it and it seems to work very well. And of course, it's more sustainable even than, than the eco-cleaning. So all kinds of um, yeah, in innovative uh, systems are coming to us. We we get approached a lot, and and we we tend to also be very open to try out these these new things. Um, the uh, the yeah. ozone cleaning, I think, was um, <clears throat> it's had a lot of success in the field of dentistry, and so like dentist uh, clinics. I know they've been using that for a little while, even before the the COVID crisis, and then even more so during that. I was hoping you'd you'd have a few interesting suggestions around hygiene, yeah. because you know when you're talking to say you know it's like okay, healthy building advisory services for a big you know, 30-story, I don't know, residential or, or office tower, right? And a lot of it actually is delivered by the facilities management company. And so they'll yeah. say, look, Matt, you know, give us give us the guidelines uh, and then they'll adjust their own principles, their own operating procedures accordingly. And there's often not that much space to really introduce innovative new technologies, but at least they have a facilities management company who takes responsibility for it. And then you can, you can work with them. In smaller projects, you know, and I'm working, say, a gym, and you're designing yeah. or, a, or a health and fitness center, hygiene is especially important there as well, because you've got a lot of people who are exercising, sweating, not necessarily thinking about how they leave a machine afterwards. And so, you know, there's so many other areas where I think the principles that you're applying, obviously it's an extreme case, but I think yeah. we can take lessons from what you're doing and and also what you're not doing, because I assume you've tested a lot of things and realized, well, that didn't work. So let's focus on what does work. And I think that can help guide people who have other spaces that obviously necessarily aren't restrooms, but where you also have issues around hygiene. I think you've gone quite yeah. deep into that space. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's, it, in the end, it's all a matter of routines and, and, and consistency as well. Eh? Just, just uh, make sure that you do it every day or every morning or every week, because uh, we also have more challenging situations where we see that it, 
when you check it, uh, because we check it every week, you see that ah, some some corners are getting a little bit dirty or some something is is not like we want it. And then you need to find a new procedure. If you if you let that go, if you let it happen, then you see that the concept is is yeah is losing uh, losing the the newness or I don't know exactly how to say it, but you need to be focused on every single detail. And and, and we find new things every day. And sometimes we see like ah. There is a little chalk on the on, on the on the faucet. Uh, what can we do? How can we solve that? We buy a new brush and we try to, to solve it. So it's it's a lot about routines and details and discipline, I think, as well, apart from the materials that, that are new in the market. And then there are a number of, say, optional extras that seem to go a little bit beyond uh, the basics. You know, I noticed the motivational mirror was was kind of giving me uh, various sort of tips beyond the weather and the time and a few other bits of information it was suggesting. I think, yeah, how how long to wash my hands for, and you know those yeah. those pieces and the idea of perhaps a beauty bar or somewhere I guess for ladies to do their makeup and beyond to hydrate. Who, how is it a way in a sense to play to slightly different target markets? Who's typically going for the optional extras versus do you see? Perhaps service stations keeping it quite simple, just sticking to the core product, and then perhaps a luxury shopping mall, for example, I imagine might want a few extras that are less functional and more uh, aesthetic based. Would that be yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, and it it has a lot to do with uh, the square meters that we have available on the one mm-hmm. hand, and on the other hand, the visitor profile and and how much time that they have to spend, and what is also a need that they have during their shopping visit or a petrol visit. It depends a little bit. But in general, it starts with the square meters. Uh, the basic idea is that we always have something. Of course, we have something to relieve because that's the restrooms. Refresh is the wash basins and the beauty bars. And then reload is, is the third part and prevent sometimes that we add. Um, our goal is to always have the three pillars inside every room. Uh, whether it's 25 square meters or, or 250 square meters. But of course, when you when you have 250 square meters, you can add some additional services like 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 for instance a massage chair with, with breathing exercises that we uh, that we offer in certain places, uh, the health check area. Um, sometimes we have a vending wall. We are now testing vending walls with self-sampling kits that you can do uh, testing uh, on yourself. So it it depends, uh, but we are uh, we are developing on this part even more now to see that we can offer um, yeah different solutions. Okay, so final question then is where does it go from here? You've got forty plus sites in four different territories. You've yeah. got you've really defined the product clearly, and it's it's uh, you've obviously got proof of concept. There's a market for this. How do you grow and scale the business from here? Like, what do the next three to five years look like for your business plan? Yeah, so we grow on on, on different sides, but the fir- the first one is is simply expansion. So what we do is, uh, first of all, we want to grow in our current countries that we are uh, at, that we are. Then we want to grow more in Europe. We already pinpointed pinpointed some countries that we would like to grow, and we have a lot of contacts as well. So we we grow in Europe. Uh, from Europe, we might go to the U.S. in five years, but this is a big step because then you really have to create a new market and, and, and create your organization there as well. So we want to focus on Europe first, uh, but that's that's expansion of the current concept. What we are also exploring is new business models. 
to see if we can maybe in the future um, yeah, separate some certain modules and put them, for instance, in a corporate uh, business environment or um, maybe even in a pharmacy or because it's, it, the more we develop on health, health prevention, the more it becomes interesting to see how we can use it in other uh, areas. Could be even a, a fitness center. But this is really new. Um, it's not the first thing we want to do. First, of course, we want to expand our current business, but we are definitely looking into other business models as well. Well, I'd be, uh, I'm going to be very interested to see how it develops over the next few years. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I really, I think it takes a group of crazy people to go so deep into one little corner <laughs> of the market, and that's where innovation comes from, and that's where the good stuff happens, you know. And you're, you've really created a product that seems to be completely avant-garde and has literally disrupted a category. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be very pleased to see how you develop. Now, if people want to find out more, uh, are you sharing on social media? You're more on LinkedIn, obviously the website. Yeah, I, I would definitely follow us on LinkedIn because we share a lot of news and all the expansion news, but also innovations there. So it's, it's nice to follow, I think. Uh, and of course, our website is uh, there. You can get a little bit more deeper information about our concept and what we do. Great. We'll, we'll include all the links in the show notes for the episode. Thank you so much for cool. your time. Yeah, thank you for having me.